the sun shine on the water so fine. Ooh, see the waves fall. Don't you know the wind's offshore? Don't you think it's time to raise a toast to the crafty beers of the Sunshine Coast? Yeah, crafty beers. Hello, foam funksters, porter purveyors, and sour sadists. I'm Paul Taylor, and I am in pursuit of happiness. This is the podcast about craft beer on the Sunshine Coast. The craft beer scene on the coast is 20 years young with 20-odd breweries. It's expanding every day. We've already been labelled the craft beer capital of Australia and the growth continues. This episode is with the team from Sunshine Coast Brewery. Now, it's not Sunshine Brewery. That's on Fisherman's Road. That's Daryl and Craig, who brew a mighty fine drop as well. Uh, In fact, if you'd like to listen to that episode, you'll find it where you found this one on In Pursuit of Hoppiness. But back to Sunshine Coast Brewery, the number one, the original, the first cab off the rank, not only on the coast, but in Queensland as well. Born in 1998, Bridget and Greg Curran bought the place at Cunder Park behind Maruchador in the early 2000s, and they're now closing in on 20 years of ownership. Recently, their daughter Bernadette has joined the throng as head brewer. Now, I didn't think the Currans were your typical brewery owners, and I think that I was wrong. Bridget, she's got an accountancy background. She's the back office boss. She crunches the numbers. Greg, he's in it. <laughs> he's in it for the love of beer. Maybe for the love of production as well. And Bernadette, well, she's grown up in the brewery. Uh, she's a new set of eyes looking over an already well-oiled machine. They may be the perfect lot to own a brewery. It's a great story, a conversation about the start of craft beer in Queensland on the Sunshine Coast, Queensland's very first craft brewery, Sunshine Coast Brewery. It's Bridget and Greg Curran, daughter Bernadette and me, and guess what? We are all in pursuit of happiness. sunshine on the water so fine. See the waves fall, sky is blue and the wind's offshore. Now's the time to raise a toast to the crafty beers of the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, crafty beers. We are talking Sunshine Coast Brewery, which I had as the original brewery on the Sunshine Coast. I did some research. It may even be the original craft brewers in Queensland. Nobody's going to say Australia because maybe that's not (laughs) quite correct. I've been dealing with Bridget. Hello, Bridget, and welcome. Hello, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for getting us to this stage now. We certainly have a bit of of a build-up, wasn't there? But we're here now. Took a little bit. Yeah. uh, Greg is with us as well. G'day, Greg. Hello, Paul. And Bernadette, who is the head brewer. Yes. Uh, tell me about all your roles, Bridget. What do you do at the uh, at the brewery? Well, I'm an accountant by trade, mm-hmm. so I sort of do management, anything that needs expenditure and just organisation. Right. Uh, and Greg? Um, I'm probably the official beer taster, which is always <laughs> a very good job, amongst other things, but yeah. lots of de- deliveries. And up until recently when Bernadette came on board, Doing a lot of the management of it. Okay, Bernadette, you're, so so you've come on board recently. Yes, um, sort of. So high school, mm-hmm. uh, I had the joy of school holidays being spent doing the packaging line. Um, so I've done a little bit throughout the last fifteen or so years. Right. But started COVID, my other work got a bit quiet, so started helping out a couple of days a week. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Found it fascinating. Threw in a bunch of high school chemistry as well as getting free beer at the end of it. So. <laughs> 
did a bit more research and, yeah, have jumped on a board with brewing and bottling and helping with the packaging and whatever else we can do. So the marketing, social media, um, because it is a family-run business, we all get to do a little bit of everything. So it's been a fun journey over the last couple of years. So if you haven't guessed already, mum, dad, daughter. Yes, that's right. Uh, who who I first heard of in, well, I first realised you're from central Queensland. Yes, that's right. Which is not the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> what were you doing in central Queensland, you, you lot? Oh, I grew up in central Queensland. Oh, yeah. And I grew up in Rocky. So how did you two meet? Uni. At university, yeah, in Brisbane. Ah, right. So you both grew up in Rockhampton. Yes. Didn't know each other. No. From the different sides of the river. Oh, of course, right. Oh, you were you were, on the north side, the, right? Yes, the better side. Oh, right. Oh, it started already, and you were from the south side, right? Okay. And so, does that mean that uh, Bernadette was born in Rockhampton? Oh no! Oh no! Plot twist. I was born in England, uh, right? Just for something different. Okay. Yeah, they moved over there for mum's work for a few years, and. I think I got a couple months of time in England and then they brought me back. Okay. So how does one go from being in Rockhampton, born and bred by the sounds almost, to the Sunshine Coast? Uh, what happened there? Well, we didn't actually live in Rockhampton. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then moved to – we lived in Brisbane for quite a while, then yep. we moved to Melbourne, uh, moved back to Sydney for a while, moved back to Melbourne, then we moved to England for a couple of years, then moved back to – sounding like we're moving around a lot. It does, <laughs> it does, yes. And moved back to Melbourne and then um, moved back to Queensland. All to do with work? Yes, generally to do with work. Doing what? Who was doing what? What's going on there? Uh, I'm an accountant Mm -hmm. and I was with – I I worked with an international organisation on accounting standards setting for a while. Yep. Or for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I finished that, I came back to Australia as a partner in Coopers and Libran, which then became PricewaterhouseCoopers. Right. And uh, then we moved from Victoria – up to Queensland, all our family was in Queensland and we decided it was time to come back and uh, we then bought the brewery. So that was on the Sunshine Coast. So that was the hit, was it? In what year was that? We came back in 2004. 04. Okay. And bought the brewery then or? No, 2006. Bought the brewery. Gee whiz, that would have been an early scene back then. What was going on on the Sunshine Coast regarding craft beer in 2004, 5, 6? I think you could have said Queensland even, nothing. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> what made you jump into that then if nothing's going on? Well, something's going on and that is the brewery. So it was called Sunshine Coast Brewery back then. Yeah. It was at Cunder Park, which it still is. Yes. So they were going. What but were they doing? They were just doing ordinary beers, yes. not, yeah. not, not craft, craft beer. Yes. And we engaged Ian Watson, who was Australia's first beer sommelier. And he was a home brewer, but he was uh, very enthusiastic and he set us on a craft beer Ian Watson, mm. who's still in the scene now, yes, isn't very he? very much so. Very much very so. Much, yes. He's got a, a his own little system going, hasn't he? His own little brewery system going. Uh, sm- yeah, I think he's started doing a bit of sort of freelance consulting as well as having worked at a number of the, the main brewery. Um, yeah, he pops up. All over the place. Is he a Kiwi originally? Is no. that no? Oh, no, Dan Tornbelas. So, right, Ian Watson. Okay, and, yeah, and he he called by the brewery yesterday actually, and uh, he's done. Um, he's now head brewer at Ballistic. Ballistic, yes. yes. Okay, so, yeah. really. So he set you up with some advice, did he? When oh, uh, no, he was our brewer. Okay, and he he developed the summer ale amongst others. He developed the summer ale, which is our flagship, flagship beer. Okay, and still going strong. I see uh, Greg reaching into the uh, esky 
right now. And there we go. Now, another difference. So this is 2004, 5, 6, and you're owning the brewery. What size business is it in 2006? Don't be shy, Greg. You go for it. Open that near the microphone so we can get that full, beautiful effect. What size business is it in 2005? It's quite a small business. Yeah. I suppose it's more the the number of beers. We don't necessarily do that many more beers now. They're just quite different. Mm-hmm. We still have the same equipment, although no, I'm not thinking. Okay. We still have the same Bernadette. equipment, but Greg. we're currently looking at um, it's time for us to upgrade the equipment. Not necessarily in size, yeah. but certainly to take advantage of efficiencies just because old machinery, it's been around, and, you know, things can be just done more efficiently now. Uh-huh. And that obviously will then let us brew more because – you know, your your, um, your transfers are less. You've just got the opportunity and the equipment to enable you to brew more readily. Bernadette, what are we drinking here, mate? Uh, so this one's the Summer Ale. Yep. So it's our mid-strength. It's won a few awards here and there. Gold medal at the AIBA champion. two years back. Oh, the champion as well. So, yeah. That is smooth. Delicious mid-strength that yeah. doesn't necessarily taste like a mid-strength. No, it doesn't, um, does it? I'll admit I've done a few double takes before pouring one off tap and mm-hmm. then being like, hang on, did I, did I grab the right one? Can yeah. I still drive back to, the, back to Brizzy? Right. But, um, yeah. Mm, that, is, uh, that is quaffable, isn't it? That appeals to a lot of um, ladies and gents. Yes. Uh, often we'll do a beer tasting and a lady might say, oh, I don't drink beer, and you'll offer her one of these and she says, oh, I really like that. It's very clean, isn't it? Yeah, and it's one that we do a lot for weddings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a lot of keg hire. That's one of our – that's a significant line of business for us. Mm-hmm. And the summer ale is the one that's probably the most popular for that, for, for weddings, private functions, because it appeals to a lot of palates. It's very strong in colour too, isn't it? It's it's uh, it's a very – you know, it's 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 not amber, but it's – gee, it's, it's not blonde by any means, is it? Beautiful beer, lovely. So, two thousand and five, you're a small business. How did you get advice? What did you? What was the plan back then? Well, back then, maybe we looked at my background, sales and marketing in ag chemicals mm-hmm. with Bayer. So we looked, even though there was nothing happening on the craft beer scene, certainly in Queensland, Melbourne and Sydney to a small extent, but in America it was big. Yeah, and so. As we do, we follow America a few years later, so it was worth having a punt on. Right. And how'd you go about that? Well, we bought the brewery to start with, employed a good brewer, Ian Watson, who had his own ideas on craft beer. And as Bridget said before, he was Australia's first beer sommelier. Yeah. So he knew his stuff. Yep. And then proceeded to try and develop the market on the coast. I can still remember doing the rounds of the surf clubs trying to sell Summer Ale. Yeah. And all they knew was... Other beer, Forex Gold, buying it very cheaply. And so we were just a little bit before our time. Right. It's taken a a lot of work to develop that market. Was that the biggest hurdle back then, the price difference to sell it to the surf clubs for X amount per keg when the big brewer is doing it for half that? Mainly it was a big impediment, the price they were used to. Certainly all the surf clubs were in buying groups, so they were buying their Forex Cheaply. And to the general public, it was an awareness, a knowledge. People just didn't know what craft beer was. Your, your main people that did, um, your Victorian or your Melbourne and Sydney visitors, if mm-hmm. they came to the coast, mm-hmm. they were across it, and Europeans, like, you, you know, craft beer, they understood us. So in terms of just that awareness and that knowledge, mm-hmm. now, you know, 
Oh, well, I'm not sure. Do people really know what craft beer is? <laughs> That's a good question, isn't it? Because it really derives from handcrafted beer, the name. Yes. And handcrafted really, you know, the connotation is the paddle. You still, you know, it's ha- it's very much an artisan yes. uh, production, whereas these days the craft beer industry is quite enormous in terms of the, the vats and everything that they use. So it has gone to a much higher level in terms of the infrastructure that's used, not the handcrafted. Well, one of the things it. one of the things that I noticed is still being debated is the word craft because the larger breweries are definitely trying to look crafty with a a lot of their offshoot beers are now, you just can't tell the difference in the fridge between a, an independent brewer and a large brewer who's trying to look small. And I guess one of those words is independent. That is the giveaway, isn't it? If yes. they're an independent brewer, they're most likely craft, aren't they? Yes. Doing it by hand. Yeah. Well, the hand bit probably is not quite so much there, but on a smaller scale. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So what was the breakthrough, Greg, in uh, in going to these surf clubs, the surf club manager? who are buying, when are we, 2006 or seven? so buying a keg for, what, 100 bucks or something like that? Or Well, from memory, we might have been closer to 200 and yeah. now buying Forex Gold for 130. Yeah, right. From memory. So what was the breakthrough or was it, uh, it well, was just a slow grind? It was a slow grind. I guess we should acknowledge Yamundi Brewery, who yeah. started way back in the late 80s, mm-hmm. around the time of Brisbane Expo. Yep. And they were quite successful. And, uh, and that was called a microbrewery back then, wasn't back it? Then. That was a micro. Oh, my goodness, they've got a beer set up in their pub. Mm. It was almost a tourist attraction itself. It was, and they were very successful at Expo. They, we did a lot of uh, research to see what happened to Yamundi Brewery because they floated and went public, but it only lasted six months or 12 months and then it closed. Did you work it out? <sighs> my personal opinion is price they probably tried to compete with right. Forex and you just can't make craft beer on a smaller scale at that level. Right. For years, Bernie Powell had the um, licence to make it. Yeah. And I guess in the early days of the Sunshine Coast Brewery, we were often asked, are you Yamundi Brewery? Because uh-huh. they, had heard, right of they <laughs> had heard of it. So they certainly started it. Then we had to develop it from there. Mm. And like anything new, it takes a fair bit of work. So when did you say to yourself, when did you, can you remember saying to yourselves, this may in fact be working? Ask the accountant, you might get a different, <laughs> I thought it was always working because we always had a beer at the end of the day. Right. But Bridget being the accountant might have had a different take on that. Uh, no, it, it's just, it's, it's, you know, as you said, it's been a um, fairly solid grind. Mm-hmm. But we've tried to take advantage of the opportunities that we saw, like, because we're not a huge brewery and mm-hmm. we don't aspire to be a huge brewery, we've tried to identify the opportunities where we can um, get our product to the end user, to the consumer, mm-hmm. rather than going through middlemen, rather than trying to compete with the big breweries, you mm-hmm. know, if you do your own thing. And the one thing that's come out of, for instance, COVID, a, a positive, so many more people are entertaining at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they realised how much they were spending on alcohol when they went out. Yes, <laughs> Suddenly, yes. And there's a lot more home entertainment. And the number of people that during COVID have put in home bars, uh, we can arrange this for you, Paul, if you need it. <laughs> Good. Okay. <laughs> um, and we do keg refills for right home on. bars. And that's a, you know, that's a very... Um, that's a very good line of business. For so us. you said that tongue in cheek, but what would a home bar cost me if I wanted a cup of taps in a in, in the rumpus room downstairs? Well, these days they operate up what are kegerators, like the size of a 
the size of your standard dishwasher, you know, that sort yep. of. Uh, and that you can have one, two or three taps mm-hmm. and it can accommodate one 50 litre or three 19s or two 20 litres. A lot of the home uh, home brewers, they use 19 litre kegs. So, yeah. And the setup is probably, what, $600 by the time you include your gas bottle and then mm, bit more, a bit more. Bit more. Yeah. And then you buy your kegs and then they bring their go. kegs in for refill. I mean, we don't refill the day they bring them in. They usually let us know, I've got a keg. I say, okay, bring it in. And a couple of days later, we'll, you know, ring them and let's say kegs are ready for them. And you think COVID's assisted in that? Oh, uh, you know, I mean, I think COVID has changed the way a lot of businesses do business or their lines of business. Yeah. And for us, it was that that's, you know, that seemed to be the growth, the spike. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned that uh, before you were in brewing, you were with international accountancy firm. Greg, you mentioned that you're with an an ag business who they are only worldwide these days, aren't they? So I'm assuming that meant you two had a a bit of money behind you at the start. Is that how you got started by you felt comfortable you had enough insurance there? To start? We bought an existing business and, yeah, that, that was available to us to do that. But as I say, the, the equipment is old yeah. and it was like it wasn't even new equipment then. So the time has come now that we have to step that up. How do you work this out? What sort of literage are you doing per year? Do you do, do – you, do you, is that how you work out how you're going or how many litres you made last year or how many kegs you did? Yeah, or? yeah it's I, – I, personally as an accountant, I don't really see it like that because – it's, you know, you can make a lot of beer mm. and uh, discount it heavily yep. to get into certain markets or you can, if you make that beer and it gets into the hands of the consumer, you're paid for it as the consumer drinks it. Yep. In fact, before they've even had their first mouthful that you've been paid for it. Yes. If you're selling wholesale, you know, there's a, a delay and you're selling uh, to restaurants and bars. It's quite, you know, it's, it's a significant delay. Yeah. And if one of those goes under, you lose the lot. Yeah, so, right. You know, it's it's more a case um, when you're smaller, trying to identify the best way to get your product to market so that you get maximum return. Okay. And so we haven't tried to. Uh, well, we've been in the situation that what we've done is is tried to take advantage of working with the end consumer, and we enjoy that. We enjoy face to face sales, yeah, with, that kind with of the thing. Person that's actually going to drink your beer. Yeah, right. But it, it, that's obviously a harder gig because it's not like you can just hand over your beer to a lot of people. But yeah. you know, you you hope that way that the people get to appreciate the beer more. And so, yeah. Bernadette lately has been speaking with a number of outlets in Brisbane and actually going and talking through the beers, and she's had great success doing that. And people really come on board. So where have you landed there? Oh, we've just got an order for Tipples Tap. Mm-hmm. So one of the uh, the craft beer bars, they've got a venue in Southbank and another one on James Street in the Valley. Yep. So visited them last week, had a good chat, went through a few of the beers and, yeah, now getting the ball rolling there to, to get a few kegs in. Yep. Where else have we done? And because you've been around for so long, you can guarantee them so many kegs per week and, and they're yeah. comfortable with that. And, look, the tricky thing is, yes, it could be a big venue that goes through a heap of kegs, but... These kind of venues, they will have one keg. Once that's finished, they'll move to a different beer. You guys would have seen some clever and intuitive marketing, I suppose, over your years with the Sunshine Coast. As you said, the first basic brewery on, basically, we talk about your Monday there, it's all a bit grey, but really the first craft brewery on the coast, you've seen every one of them grow. Are we in a patch now that's purple, do you think? 
with craft beer? Well, I think there's a greater awareness and people that come to the brewery now are very mindful of how many there are and, I mean, the Sunshine Coast has promoted us the, the craft beer capital of Australia yep. and uh, I think they've done a very good job. Yeah. I think it's, you know, that message seems to have got this certainly more interest, people coming in and an awareness. And, you know, I always ask, are you local or visitors? And there's a lot more locals that are coming yeah. in and, and they're very proud of the fact that they're... That Queensland's like that, or they are locals who are bringing visitors, yeah, and, which is great. Yeah, a chap we had in for an interview uh, is uh, Josh Donahue, who does craft beer tours. I guess you would have seen him oh, yeah. uh, since he started up. Is he busier now? Do you see him bringing more people more often nowadays? Well, there's there's more, isn't there now? More of people doing what he's doing, right? Right, as well. So there's others we've had. Yes, there's a couple of. Uh people doing the same thing but josh is certainly very instrumental in developing the craft beer market on the coast right i think he's involved with uh food and agriculture group yeah and and uh gets involved in not just beer but food Mm -hmm. as well and wine so he's he's very busy how collaborative is the scene within the brewery yeah yeah very collaborative we all get on really well together forever um we've got a a post uh the Sunshine Coast Brewers, and if someone runs out of a particular ingredient, hops, they'll just put on, you know, who's got a spare five kilos of whatever hops, and always two or three people will put their hand up. So, no, it works really well. You, and and does everyone recognise you guys as, as, I think the young kids say, the OGs? Does everyone recognise you, you lot as the OGs? Well, I don't know about OG or OF. I get referred to as the old fart. Often, but uh, all in good. That's just from your daughter. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think the other breweries appreciate we've been around a fair while. And even at the moment when we are in discussions about upgrading the equipment and looking into exactly what we're going to do, in the last few months we've been out to Glasshouse, um, had a good chat to them, and they let us stand in on one of the days that they were doing a canning run. A Simon Um, at Glasshouse, yeah. So he sort of went through and and let us have a bit of a hands-on experience and check out how that system operates Mm -hmm. because that's something we're looking into. Yep. Uh, We were out at Tentos uh, about a month ago having a good chat to them. Yeah, with Rupert. Yep. And, yeah, everyone's passionate about what they do in the industry and – they see that everyone's not necessarily competition, but they're bringing their own thing to to the table. Um, so they're happy to help out and share advice where they can. And no, it's really good to see. I just realised I was, was name dropping then and not adding anything to yeah. the conversation. <laughs> just name dropping. Uh, of course, at, at Glasshouse, um, Simon. Stu Simon, Simon Grasby is the one that has been terrific. Yes, he like yeah. uh-huh. a number of things we constantly ring Simon and say, you know, yeah. what's this or whatever. So Simon, of course, was a brewer with us for a while. So we know Simon. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, we've done an episode with them and that was uh, mind-boggling, uh, the direction they're going with their, is it called white white labels, white cans? They're yeah. interested in white canning as yep. well where you know, they can brew a beer and then somebody else can go and wrap their sticker on yep. it. He was proud of the fact that that was one of the directions they were, yeah. they were going down, which I think is probably great for the industry in its own way. Absolutely. No, because that was one aspect that as they were showing us the machinery and how it was all working, yeah, the white label ones that came through. Uh And then you got to see this company that I can't remember what event it was for, but they'd had these labels done and that was their sort of little goodies bag gift that they were giving to people. Yeah. Um, I know it was great to see. And they went through the stats on sort of what portion they're doing of that. And it's it's very impressive. It's a whole whole other market. So you could have, in fact, say, you know, a a car yard, they could have their their own can of beer. And it could even be tweaked. I believe the the brew can be tweaked to 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 taste 
the way they want it mm. to a certain extent, mm. you know, it's, which is an amazing thing that, that can be done when you really think about it. Another difference I noticed with you guys, you mentioned the canning line. That isn't a can. No, that's a bottle. Yes, <laughs> yes. I See, I'm good at this. Why is that a bottle? Because it's always been a bottle for us. Mm-hmm. We started, we've got bottles, we've had bottles. And at the time that we took over the brewery, cans, there was a negative uh, a negative vibe with cans. Whereas because the whole, of the drinking quality. Yeah, and the whole canning process is different now. Yep. And the actual process, the, the, the can itself, there's still a few that have got bottles. But, uh, yeah, so we are still, at the moment, we are still working with bottles. But is, our, is there a disadvantage in that? I think from a freight perspective, yep. there's a disadvantage. Yep. Look. You know, it's one of those areas, cans versus bottles. Each one's got pluses and minuses. But yep. um, our can, our, we'll probably be going to cans fairly soon. Our bottling line is aged. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the people who run it. Excuse me. <laughs> but the thing is, too, it's because, it's because it is aged, it's difficult to get parts. Ah. So it's um, it stays in number. Is the, the bottle, does it make it? Last longer? Is it? Uh, is there a difference between the freshness of the beer when it's in a bottle and when it's in a can? No. The, oh, you're all no. squaring up your faces. That's a no. Yeah, I don't think so. No. So it's just the fact that that's a can and that's yeah. a bottle and the others yeah. are a cans. No real, no, no real difference other than that. A lot of restaurants prefer bottles in just the appearance rather than cans. Uh-huh. Most times it's poured into a glass anyway. Crafty beers. So uh, what have you got here now that you've pulled out of the Magic Esky? That's a Checkmate Pilsener. It's uh-huh. full strength lag. Okay. Now, this Checkmate was when I first discovered you guys. You had a commercial venue in Ocean Street in Maroochydore, which is the entertainment precinct of, yeah. of Maroochydore. Yes. You guys were once again, you were... You were the OGs, weren't you, leading the way? And I tasted this checkmate, which is a mid-strength. If I, if no, I, it's so not. Four and a half. Wow, Full there strength. you go. It certainly uh, was my wife's favourite. I know that. Why is it called a checkmate? Who's the, who's going to answer that one? Look, Pilsner is Czechoslovakia is where Pilsner comes from. That's mm-hmm. that's the origins of it. Yes. And it just sounded like a good name. <laughs> as it turned out, we, we worked out the name. And as it turned out, there are actually other checkmates. But we, oh, we were unaware of that at the time. Of course so, you were. Yeah. It's, it's, once again, it's a good-looking beer, isn't it? It's just beautiful. Uh, would that be similar colour to the... It's paler. The summer, but paler. Mm, right. It's, paler. It's, a, it's a beer that when we get visitors to the brewery and they say, like, they haven't been there before and you ask them what they normally drink mm-hmm. and they might tell you that they drink one of the mainstream beers. Mm-hmm. They're not used to craft beer. Mm-hmm. And that's a very good, like, the, the mainstream beers are typically lagers. Yep. And that is a very good launching pad into the craft beer world. So we suggest usually that they have that. It's a clean, crisp lager. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, they usually get very good feedback. Whereas sometimes when they're uh, mainstream drinkers, they aren't familiar and not comfortable with the flavour and the fruitiness that you often get in a number of the craft beers. So they come across, they find that and they enjoy it. The hop forward thing is uh, probably a big change for a lot of people who are mainstream beer drinkers, isn't it? That florally uh, rounded flavour that's at the front of your drink when you're drinking a craft beer. And th- and this is, this is uh, not as strong in that regard, is it? Is that accurate? I'm the amateur here. No, 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 100% agree. We did a a little craft beer festival up in Yapoon a few months ago, Mm -hmm. um, and it was one that a lot of people that we had coming up to our stand 
would say, yeah, mainstream beer drinkers. No, look, to be honest, I have no idea what I feel like. What are these? Mm-hmm. And it's pretty easy to pick depending on what they normally drink, to be able to sort of shift them in the right direction of something that you're like, look, you're probably going to hate this IPA um, because, as you said, it, it might be a bit hop-heavy and then find something like this. You're like, okay, this is an easy drinking something that you're going to be able to have with no worries and it's going to be equivalent to your Great Northern but actually have a heap of flavour. Yeah, I think that's a good description. You've been going for, well, you've had it since mid 2000s, the brewery, coming up to 20 years for you guys now. and Yeah, 25 years. The brewery will have been around 25 years in January. <clears throat> Which is an amazing feat. Mm. I see the future is somewhat assured because of your daughter is on board yes. uh, doing things. But You're... she does lead a double life. She, yeah. She's an exercise <laughs> physiologist and her, the rest of her time is Paul. So. Right. You've yeah. got extra time, have you? <laughs> so, yeah, interesting combination of jobs, but any of my rehab clients seem to really enjoy the fact that while we're doing the physical therapy, I might be telling them about a new beer that I made the day before. Um, I think I would enjoy that too. It's a good way to, to make some sales as well. Uh-huh. A few that have purchased a couple of cartons. Right. Um, but, yeah, definitely an interesting combination. So the future is strong with Sunshine Coast Brewery. What about the Sunshine Coast brewery industry itself. Where do you see that going now with this huge acceleration we've had in the last five years? Where do you see us in the next five years, 10 years, let's say, on the sunny coast? Greg? Well, there'll be a lot more breweries, I think. Um, We're not at saturation, you don't think? Well, I think we are, but as far as the, um, the market, certainly having 20, and I think there's probably 22 at this moment. Yep. It's helped develop the craft beer market. Yeah. So there's a lot more people out there aware of uh, craft beers. But it's like any industry, I guess, it'll be supply and demand. And if people keep wanting more beers and people have got money to invest, there'll be more breweries. I'm not sure it'd only be a guess, you know, how many can the Sunshine Coast handle? I think Bridget did some figures a few years ago. And for the number of breweries on the coast and our population, Brisbane the equivalent ratio should have had 150 breweries. Right. They would have only had 50, so... Goodness. Ballpark figures, we've probably got three times the number of breweries now. Right. Who knows? It's a difficult question to answer, I think. Go on. Do you think the composition of beers will change? Like, the the interests? You know, at the moment, like, it happens with the wine industry where Sablonc in the white world might be the beer, the wine, and then it moves on to Chardonnay. Uh-huh. In ours, like, there's there seems to be a great a great interest in pales, but then and now the sours have come through. Like, presumably that will keep changing? Yes, for sure. A lot of beers, people are drinking what's fashionable, then they'll get sick of that and move on to something else. And do you see that as a particular direction? Yeah, I think as well, the more people that are getting on board with drinking craft beer, the more time and effort's going into researching different recipes and different styles. And, okay, to get people into craft beer originally, it was, yeah, okay, you might have a a summer ale of sorts, a pilsner, and then maybe a pale ale, and that was it. And then now you're getting to your triple dry hopped and all these different things and the sours. And um, I think as well it's expanding your market. So mum doesn't drink beer. Um, which is probably why she makes such a good accountant at a brewery. But um, she, there are beers that she will now drink because, okay, maybe our original core range weren't to her liking because they were very beery beers, but now we've done a raspberry sour, which 
shock horror mum actually asked for a beer the other day at one of the family events and, and she sat down and had a raspberry sour. So it's finding those different areas where, okay, it might not be typical typical market, but if you're doing new and different things, you can reach out to a lot more other people. Add to that, the Sunshine Coast is expanding. Yes, more and more right. people I was thinking that as you said it. are finding the Sunshine Coast, are discovering the Sunshine Coast like I was lucky enough to 40 years ago. You guys were lucky enough to, you know, 25 years ago. It is certainly a beautiful place. People keep moving here. So I guess that's another dimension to just how many breweries might exist on the Sunshine Coast in, in another 10 years' yeah. time. One thing's for sure, by the sounds of things, with your new canning line or your new your new uh, brewery, you'll be here in 10, 20 years' time as well. Bernadette will be in charge. You guys will be retired on the beach at Noosa somewhere. <laughs> it's been absolutely wonderful talking to the OGs of the craft beer industry on the Sunshine Coast. Bernadette, Greg, Bridget, thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Thanks Paul. for having us. And, Paul, we could have that kegerator set up for you by Christmas time. <laughs> Christmas. Okay. Okay. We may need to have a test, though. Yes. We so can arrange something. Early December. Yep. Beauty. <laughs> Thanks for listening to In Pursuit of Hoppiness, made possible by Visit Sunshine Coast. If you want to learn more about the great craft breweries in our region, crack the top of the Visit Sunshine Coast website and look for Australia's craft beer capital. And if you want to listen to more episodes, you can get them there too.